is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Right, running out of time. Loads of time. Excellent, just lost my bad passage. Right, it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, I'm Naomi, if you don't know who I am. Um, we are carrying on with our series that is all about well-being. Cue the PowerPoint, Joe's on it. So we've seen these dials quite a lot, haven't we, over the last couple of months? Um, hopefully either you've done this personally or you did it in life group. You sort of assessed, didn't we, where we were at at that point in time. And hopefully we feel that throughout this series we've moved into a better place in those areas. And the last one that we're looking at today is um, spiritual well-being. So um, if you could turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm not going to read all of it just to save a little bit of time. But we know that we find Elijah. He is not in a good place. And as we've heard on previous weeks, the first things that God did um, through the angel was to replenish him with food and he also got to sleep. So I think we'll start at verse 7. And it says, The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, Elijah, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights, until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God, also known as Mount Sinai. There he went into the cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, excuse me, He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And I'll finish there, I think. So we're looking at spiritual well-being. Have you ever been on holiday and you've just so looked forward to going on holiday? I know that we've probably all had this during COVID, haven't we? Well, this time you actually get to go on the holiday. Yes. And you have a great time. But when you come home, you think, oh, I don't actually feel that refreshed. In fact, if you've got children, you come back and you think, I could do another holiday to get over the holiday I've just been on. I'm sure you can relate, some of you. I think it's safe to say, isn't there, that it's, it's really great to have those times of refreshing and replenishment and doing really great things, but it doesn't entirely satisfy us, does it? There's a part of that, there's part of life that, Guys, I'm saying today, only God can truly satisfy. And although holidays are good, they're brilliant for physical and emotional replenishment, they don't necessarily satisfy that deeper need for spiritual rest and restoration. 
Now that part of this, and um, please excuse the plumbing bucket, is our spirit, okay? It's our innermost part, it's at the core of us. And before we come to salvation, we're spiritually empty. Right to say? Yeah. We might even say we're spiritually dead. And only when we come to Christ, we come alive. Mm. Yeah. I thought that might get a few more amens. Yeah. It makes us come alive truly. We're made spiritually new and alive through his resurrection power. Amen? Amen. Let's put that on there. Sorry it's not a bigger, more elaborate demonstration. We're made spiritually new and alive. And it says in Ephesians 2, and part of this has been read this morning, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, alive with Christ, it's by grace you have been saved. Yeah. Amen? Amen. It's only then that our spiritual thirst is satisfied. Jesus himself said this. Oh, please, this is not a good pour of this one. There we go, this works. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Instead, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now imagine I have filled that up to the top, haven't got enough water to do that. This encounter with God, it changes us from the inside out, doesn't it? Once we're born again, though, I'm sure it's true to say, and the knowledgeable, the notes, the people, the people who are good at looking can see we've got a problem. Can anybody see we've got a bit of a problem here? I'm about to stop that in a minute because I might need the loan listening to that. <laughs> we've got a link. Okay, can you all see that? Yeah. Oh no. It's so important for us that we keep coming back to, to Christ. That we keep being refilled by him. I'll do it one more time, but James tried to get me to time it so it would work out perfectly. But it's too much room. We need to keep allowing the presence of the Holy Spirit to fill us and to refill us because we leak, don't we? We need to cultivate that relationship with the Father and accept his invitation to come, to refill. In John 7, 37, it says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Like Sarah just said, are we a thirsty people this morning? Are we hungry and thirsty, thirsty after God? Now, I've got a spiritual well-being dial to put up. So on this dial this morning, you might identify as being in the red zone. You're struggling. You're physically exhausted. Sorry. <laughs> you're emotionally depleted you're drained there's a sense that maybe you know God's the answer in fact during our wonderful worship time this morning and the, the words that we've heard God's already started to do something in you you don't desire to spend time with the Lord in his word or in prayer you're just spiritually not there do you know what? God is such a loving father, and like Lucy's picture showed us, he wants to wrap you up today. 
in his arms. He wants to spiritually restore you. And do you know what? You've made the first move today because you are here. You're at church. You've made that first move towards God. And he's saying, come. Maybe you're in the amber zone. You've stalled. You feel like you're okay, but maybe you've been in the same place for a little while. You're a bit stuck. Maybe you've plateaued. It's been a while since you truly encountered God in a powerful way. And rather than floating or thriving, you're just sort of bobbing along spiritually. I believe today that God wants to give you a spiritual overhaul. Maybe you put yourself in the green zone. You're doing well in your spiritual journey at the moment. You're disciplined, you're consistent in cultivating that relationship with God. Keep going. Encourage others along the way. But you know what? Even so, God has so much more in store for you. And I believe for people who believe they're in the green zone today, God wants to give you a spiritual upgrade. So where are you today? I know it's not as simple as that. You might be in between zones or you do quite well here, but not so well there. But God wants to restore us, overhaul us, and upgrade us spiritually today. Amen. Amen. So let's look back to Elijah. Excuse me. He was someone to pray where we find him in this scripture. He was in the green zone. He was a mighty man of faith um, and prayer. He'd seen many amazing miracles and great victories in the name of the Lord. Um, but he'd come to this point in the desert through different reasons where he was defeated and depleted in every way. He was in the red zone. We're in good company, aren't we, if we're feeling like that today? Every one of us has been there. I'd say, you know what I felt the Lord saying to me was, very often when we're in the green zone, the enemy hates that. And he wants to knock you back down. He doesn't want you to be in the green zone. We've got to be aware of that too. So very often, after an amazing encounter with God, things get difficult. It can also happen from giving out spiritually without um, sufficiently receiving from God himself, which can be called also spiritual burnout. But God promises he will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Please know God loves you today. That's been such an overwhelming, which should be, being for us. God loves us. He wants to surround us. He is for us. He doesn't abandon us. We didn't abandon Elijah. He wants to lovingly restore us. And as we see in verse 5 and 8, the angel comes and restores Elijah. He, the angel gives them him um, food and he gets to rest. But then comes this invitation. And the invitation is to have a personal encounter, a fresh encounter in the presence of the living God, which took Elijah on this journey to Mount Horeb. So we're going to look at three, as quickly as I can, lessons from Elijah's encounter with God to hopefully help us today to have increased spiritual health. So there are three H's. Triple H used to be a good wrestler. Anyone remember? Yeah. <laughs> Back at it. Hunger is the first one. Honesty and hearing. So let's look at hunger. 
So first we see God lovingly restores Elijah through the ministry of the angel and then by a personal encounter in his presence. But it required a 40 day journey from the desert near Bathsheba through the wilderness to Mount Horeb. Now this place, Mount Horeb, was a place where centuries earlier God had appeared to Moses. He revealed his glory to him, he gave him the Ten Commandments, he made a covenant with the Israelites. Elijah knows this is a place where God has shown himself, where he's manifested himself. And by going on this journey, it's about 200 miles, 40 days, Elijah is expressing a hunger for God to meet with him and encounter him. Elijah knows that God is the source of his spiritual well-being and he goes after him. Thankfully, we are post the coming of Jesus and the cross, the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to go on 40-day pilgrimages to special mountains or places in order to have a fresh encounter with God. Yes. God came to us and near to us, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to live in our hearts. We don't have to wait for a special occasion. Anytime, anywhere, we can encounter God and accept his invitation to come. What are we waiting for? Honestly, what? Maybe you know today your hunger to go after God, your appetite for him needs awakening. I think it's true to say that our appetite for the Lord, um, sorry, it's that our appetites dictate the direction of our lives. What do we spend most time doing? I've got a brilliant quote from John Piper, which will come up on the board. The board, teaching. <laughs> sorry. And take the teacher out of the classroom. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because we've drunk deeply and are now satisfied. It's because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed full with small things and there's no room for the great. Wow. Once we taste and see that the Lord is good, the things of the world which are such a distraction, they will no longer appeal to us in the same way. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Today, do we have that same hunger, thirst and passion as Elijah, which meant he was ready and willing to pursue God in a radical way? Because God promises this in Jeremiah 29. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Second lesson to learn, honesty. It's so easy, isn't it, when we greet someone, say, hi, how are you? Or if you're from Birmingham, all right. And, you know, very often people go, yeah, we're fine, I'm fine, fine. But a bit tired, but I'm fine. And it's so easy to do that, isn't it? And we can't tell, we can't pour everything out to everybody. And actually the person who asked the question probably doesn't want to know anyway what you're going through. But God himself is truth. He loves honesty and he wants to have an open and honest relationship with us. He wants us to come to him in prayer and say, here I am God, I love you, I need you. And there's lots of reasons we don't go to God. 
and I, I mean, I can't cover the whole load. There's so much in this, by the way. I can't cover everything, but these are the things that I feel God has put in my heart. Sometimes we hold back because we think, if only God knew where I was right now, what I was going through. I'll tell you today, he does. Psalm 139, verse 15, this is from the message. You know me inside out. He knows us. He knows what's going on, even before we come to him. And because of Jesus, we can come and experience his love, his forgiveness, his grace and freedom in our lives. And then if we look back in our scripture at verse 9, Elijah has arrived at the mountain and God asks, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't know how to read that. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing here, Elijah? It's not like a, oh, you meet someone in the street. It's a bit unusual. Oh, fancy seeing you here. That's not what God is saying. He's all-knowing God. He initiated this journey for Elijah. He knows the answer. But what he's doing is he's inviting Elijah to open up to him to unburden his heart. And that's exactly what Elijah does in verse 10. He pours out his heart to God. In the Bible, there's many prayers, aren't there, of anguish and lament. You know, I love reading the Psalms because I can just relate to them. They record their honest conversations with God. There's angst, doubt, weakness, confusion, despair, and the desire to give up. But how many Psalms do we see? And it says, but, but I know, yet I know, even if this, I will still. The self-reminders to find strength in Christ and to follow God no matter what. If Elijah could feel secure enough to be this honest with God, how much more can we when we have a fuller revelation of him through Jesus? We can pray with honesty and intimacy, but also with awe and confidence, because we're conversing with the holy, all-powerful creator, and we know that in him and through him, all things are possible. And ultimately, these honest conversations with God, it's not just us going to him and unburdening, and that's it. Choosing to trust God is the destination for these honest conversations. And God, if you, if you read further on, he responded to Elijah's um, pouring out by giving him encouragement and hope. He sent him off with new work to do. And God also gave him a friend and a successor. Are we having those honest conversations with God and allowing him to minister to us? And then thirdly, hearing. Are you keeping up? Yeah. Good. If we're to grow in our spiritual well-being, it's important we not only speak to God in prayer and worship, but that we grow in listening too. We need to cultivate that greater sensitivity to hearing God's voice. And that comes from spending time with him and growing in relationship with him. This is a promise from Jesus himself in John 10, 27. <coughs> my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. And you know, God may choose to speak to us in, in different ways according to what's going on in our lives, in different circumstances, and different times. But the goal, our goal, is to be so closely connected to God 
to him that when he speaks, we pay attention. So how do we position ourselves for this? An amazing way is to read the Bible. It's God-breathed, isn't it? So reading it, reflecting on his word, which is it's just an amazing way of getting to know God. So take out specific planned purposeful time to read God's word. Pause on scripture and passage. Ask questions about what it's saying. Consider how to apply it to your life and pray about it. Have that honest conversation with God about what you've read. Because we know, and I'm sure we can all testify, that we have been strengthened by God's word. Amen. We've been filled with hope when we go to read it. And we are equipped for every good work through it. Who can testify to that today? Yeah. yeah. It's not complicated, is it? But we find it so hard. I, I do too. There's so many distractions, aren't there? You know, our flesh is weak. The enemy accuses us. The world will say, do anything else but read. The flesh says, do something easier. You're tired. The enemy says, you aren't good enough. You're not good enough anyway. Remember the last time you tried to read God's word? Whatever reasons, whatever distractions you face, I want to encourage you today, pick up God's word. Immerse yourself in the truth of it. Be disciplined, do it regularly, set aside time and place for God's word truly is a feast. And what about Elijah? How did he hear from God? We know that previously God had revealed himself in really dynamic ways, but this time is different. We see that the... um, I'm sorry. In verse 11, he tells Elijah to go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for he was about to pass by. But he wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake or the fire, which are ways that God had previously spoken to his people. But this time he spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper, or another version calls it a still, small voice. And this is probably the main way that God speaks to us today, isn't it? We don't have to go looking for outward signs or an audible voice, although if you've heard God's audible voice, amazing. But instead, we can learn to sense God in the quiet promptings in our hearts and in our thoughts from the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. But to hear that quiet voice, we need to be quiet too. You know, when the kids whisper something to you, you're like, oh, I can't hear you, what did you say? And you have to like, almost go close, don't you? That's what we need to do. We need to position ourselves. What are you saying to us, God? I want to hear what you're saying. We have to position ourselves to hear him. And there's so much noise in life. There's cultural noise, societal pressures, social media, busyness. And they all make us strain to hear the truth. Sometimes there's Christian noise. Now, please don't get me wrong in this. I love Christian bloggers. I love preachers on social media. I love putting on music, uh, worship music. I love it and it's so helpful. Please don't hear me wrong here. Don't stop doing those things. But the danger is with that, we can do that instead of going to God. Yeah. So we're not leaning into God. 
We're filling it with what we think is right. And those things are good. Please hear me right. But it's like having a second-hand faith. We listen and watch others having an encounter with God and growing in relationship with him. Do you know what this is like? It's like we're not in our own chairs at the feast. We find ourselves under the table, scavenging for crumbs dropped by the good eaters at the table. I know I don't want that. I want to hunger for God for myself and encounter him for myself. I want to use those brilliant resources as supplements, not as my main source of nourishment. I really felt to say that today. I hope that's okay, because I know it's for me too. It's so easy to seek God, isn't it? In those places which are great, but God just wants you to lean in and listen to what he's saying to you. There's a place at the banqueting table with your name on it. Whatever zone we find ourselves in today, God wants us to tune in, to position ourselves through his word and through listening so carefully to God's voice. So, just going to recap really quickly. Hunger. Are we hungry for God this morning? Are we seeking after him? Are we pursuing his presence? Do we know we need a spiritual top-up, so to speak, a refilling, a fresh anointing? We're going to pray for you this morning. Are we having those honest conversations with God where we're allowing him to unburden us? How many times have we not gone to God because we don't think he wants to hear it? He loves us so much and he wants you to come to him and he wants you to trust in him. And are we hearing from God? Are we disciplined and consistent? Are we wanting to read his word and hear his voice amidst the noise of life? Are we tuned in to him? Oh, that's like speed preaching. <sighs> so we are going to pray for people this morning and um, you might know where you're at. You might need a little bit more time where you're sitting right now just to sort of say, God, where am I? I think most of us know, if we're honest. But do you know, the first thing we're going to do, and I did clear this with Graham, so it was okay, is we're going to pray for our leaders. So could all of our elders please stand where they are it's one of the things I talked about was when we give out spiritually and we don't necessarily are taking on enough I'm not saying that about these guys but I know they give out so much so as a church can we gather around them and pray for God to come to them in a fresh way as they lead us at Jubilee if you're worried um, about gathering you pray where you are that's absolutely fine but if not Everybody, as many people as can, let's gather around to pray over them. God, we want a fresh anointing, don't we, this morning?
name of Jesus. God, we thank you for Ray, for Tim, for Adam, for Graham, who are here this morning. God, we thank you that you have anointed them to lead us. Father, we thank you for the anointing that's on their life to be our elders. And God, we ask, as they give out so much spiritually, we ask that you come afresh to them today, God. No matter what they have experienced in you thus far, God tells us he wants to do a new thing in us. A fresh anointing, a fresh encounter with God as you hunger and thirst after him. God, come right now. Restore them as they give out so much, God. May that living water just rise up within them. God, we pray right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. If you've got a word for any of these guys, maybe take some time out at the end to share it with them. That would be so good to encourage them, wouldn't it? We're so thankful to God for each one of them. We really are. And we pray that God continues to bless you guys. Continues to strengthen you, continues to give you wisdom. And as you lead us spiritually at Jubilee, we pray that you will do that. Knowing the Father's heart, you are leaning in so carefully to where God wants us to be as a church. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's good to get you moving around and out of your seats because what's going to happen now is if you want to experience a fresh anointing from God, if you know your whatever zone you are in, come to the front and the elders are going to pray for you. Now they've received something from God, we believe, they're going to come and pray for each one. Really, it's all of us. As I can tell you, can I be honest? I'm not preaching this from a green zone today. So guys, please come forward. Whatever zone you are in this morning, God loves you so much. He sees you where you are. There's nothing that surprises God. Jesus walked the earth. He's been through it all. He wants to give you a fresh encounter. He wants to increase your spiritual health. He wants to give you that hunger, that desire for him. Husbands, this is for you too, as you lead your family. It's just for you now. The elders are going to come along and pray for each one of you.
I know God can meet you where you're at. I know it. I absolutely know it because God is all powerful God. But maybe your journey is not a 40 day, 200 mile one, it's coming to the front. It's that leaning into God. And maybe you just know right now because you feel that sense in your spirit that you need to come to. Don't miss that chance today. I'm super aware that we've, um, we've got children to collect from Frog Club, so if you need to go and do that, please do. If anybody fancies bringing my children, thank you, Julia. Thank you so much. If you've not come to the front yet, don't miss out. I just want to finish with this as people are still being prayed for. It's not just to have a green tank and that's it. It's to go out into all our different worlds that we live in and to show God's glory and his power in each of the different worlds that we walk in. That people can say, oh, you look bright this morning. What's happened to you this weekend? Lord, give us the boldness to say, I've met with the living God. Help us to speak, God, into situations of hopelessness this week. Maybe we May we be so tuned into what you're saying to us, God, that we can speak words of knowledge into situations around us. God, we pray. As we go out, may we be your light. Guide our steps, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Caroline's going to keep playing. You can stay here. You can go and get um, teas and coffees and sweet stuff, but... If you want to come, still come. Amen. We'll see you next week.